Hello and welcome back to our Oscars episode part two of Drop the Light, where Scott and I will be continuing to talk about all of the Best Picture nominees for the Academy Awards this Sunday. We listened to what we had and we said we can't be like the Oscars. We can't cut anything. So we're going to have it in two parts. Let's go. Um, next for our top three, it would be either Black Klansman or The Favorite. Let's Your discuss choice. The Favorite. All right. So <clears throat> The Favorite, um, I like. I very much, I liked The Favorite. Um, it was one of those movies that I really had to kind of digest and think about because it wasn't quite, you know, my cup of tea, but I did really like it. And I, I enjoy Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, his style of filmmaking. Uh, what did you think of a favorite? I thought it was just phenomenally entertaining to watch. I was on my toes. It, it really kept me on my toes the entire like two and a half hours or however long it was. I was surprised at how much I really enjoyed watching it. Um, and I was kind of telling Scott that I, it was a bit grotesque in places for my um, for my taste. So I maybe could have done without some of that. But even despite that, I mean, I was just so entertained. The acting was so good. Yeah, it really was. And that's something, um, like, I recently watched, um, I saw, I've seen uh, Yorgos Lanthimos' last two movies, too, uh, The Killing of a Sacred Deer and, a lobster, and The Lobster of the Lobster I just watched the other night Yep. after The Favorite. And what I will say about his movies, including The Favorite, actually especially The Favorite, is they're very interesting and they do kind of keep you invested, mm. which doesn't happen as much as it should in cinema but he, i feel like he's the kind of person where he's like okay i'm gonna make an interesting movie that people haven't seen before and that is kind of where you get with the favorite and i think i would agree with you it did kind of keep me on my toes i'm just like oh who's gonna win is it gonna be wise is it gonna be like stone you know both of them in their corners boxing it out for the queen yeah and that's actually kind of funny because they are um both in the same category for best actress in a supporting role so i'm not sure Who's going to win the Best Supporting Actress this year? Do you think it'll be either one of them? Could be. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I actually think my first choice, I think Amy Adams might win Best Supporting Actress for Vice. Um, I think I'd be disappointed by that. I would be a little bit too. I just feel like, I don't know, I just feel like they're going to give it to her. Hopefully, I guess not hopefully. I wouldn't be disappointed if she won, but I wouldn't mind seeing... Rachel Wise or Emma Stone win as well. Because everyone in that category did such a great job. So, you know. Yeah, I also actually wouldn't be disappointed if um, Marina de Tavira won for um, Roma, which I feel like is kind of a bit of a surprise nominee, but she was terrific. Yeah, she was very good in it. You want to talk about Black Landman? I would, yes. So um, I also thought that John David Washington was very, very good. Uh, Denzel's son, so, you know. Yeah, that's, that's pretty kind cool. Of a yeah. Given. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I was watching it, you know, he looks a little bit like Denzel too, but when he was talking, there was a few times where like it was a dark shot and you couldn't really see him and I'm just like, he sounds just like his father. And I really liked that because I love Denzel. It was a really unique blend of telling a true story, a serious issue, but they did also make it very funny, which I did appreciate. Um... And one of the biggest notes about that movie is the ending where it shows what had happened last year in archive footage and dedicates it in the memory of the victim, which I was glad Spike Lee incorporated because he was trying to show us what kind of world we're still living in. 
But at the same time, it also, I felt, took away a little bit from the movie I had just watched. I, I don't agree. Know if you feel the same I way. I did. I felt the same way. And I think, yeah, I think it was really interesting going from Black Klansman to seeing Green Book. And I wonder if my thoughts on Green Book would have been different if I hadn't just come off of seeing Black Klansman. Because I think, um, I think Green Book came off as much too palatable in my opinion, after having just seen Black Klansman. And I think, I don't know, I was kind of underwhelmed by it in, in comparison. Yeah, like, it was it was a nice story, but I feel like there was elements there that they didn't really show us. Still, with Green Book, you can't, you can't argue with uh, Mahershala Ali. No, you I mean, really can't. He, he was awesome. And, and I think, I don't know, I think the most important thing is that it, it, the film gets people talking. Yeah. You know, and if that's the movie that gets out there and, and gets conversations started about things, then I think that's, that's important. Yeah, and I, th- I would agree with that. Um, because a lot of movies this year have really gotten people talking about, you know, racism and all the problems in our society and it's almost good that they were kind of different scales where it was like black Klansmen and then you know green book where they both kind of give you the same kind of message but it's to different degrees to especially with the archive footage from what just happened in 2017 the message of the film is essentially we live in a messed up world yeah it's not like try to make the world better I will say I I would like to see any of the directors win the best uh, director Oscar. I do think Spike Lee is going to get for um, Black Klansman. That would be good for him. Yeah. Yeah, because um, people still say that they think he got snubbed for um, not getting at least nominated for Do the Right Thing, which that was a long time ago. That was in the 90s when he made that. And um, so I think a lot of people are theorizing that this is going to be their year of kind of making that up to him. Yeah. But I think he deserves it. Aside from that, because I, I do genuinely think he did the best job directing this year, and he should get that Oscar. Yeah, I'm rooting for him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that being said, I mean, I'm I'm just not a superhero movie, so I mean, I really honestly just don't have any thoughts about Black Panther whatsoever. And I wish I did because you know it's done so many cool things like for the industry, and that is all phenomenal. I just really don't care for superhero movies, so... Uh, I'm actually the same way. I'm not a superhero movie person either. Um, Here's the thing with Black Panther. It was good for a superhero movie. I know a lot of superhero movies are fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I did feel like it was even a step up above those. But it still had the same formula. Where Mm. it was just like... I was literally sitting at the end... When uh, there's the huge fight scene between um, Michael B. Jordan's people, um, Daniel Kaluuya's people, um, and just all, and just all of the tribes just battling, and I was literally sitting there like, okay, this person needs to get a scene, this person needs to defeat this person but not kill them, okay, this needs to happen. Michael B. Jordan and the main character need to fight. Michael B. Jordan needs to get hurt. And it's exactly what happened. So I knew what was going to happen before it did. And yeah, that's why I'm just, I'm not big on superhero movies because it's just the same kind of thing. And I feel like they never really change it up. Yeah. And it's just kind of, it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, you know what you're going to get and a lot of people enjoy that. But just, I want something a little bit different. Yeah. 
I just yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, if you, if you like Black uh, Black Panther and you want to tell us why it should be nominated for Best Picture, drop us a line. I would love to hear your thoughts. I really would. I would too. And I know I haven't seen If Beale Street Could Talk yet, but I feel like nothing against Black Panther. I feel like even though I haven't seen If Beale Street Could Talk, I feel like that would have been a better. I know. Movie I feel like it got chipped, and I haven't even seen it. Even the trailer was just beautiful. Yeah, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't even seen the trailer yet. I just saw the synopsis, and I love Barry Jenkins, so maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I was just reading the synopsis, and I'm like, that sounds great. That sounds better than some of the movies on this list. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully hopefully they're going to give him the uh, Best Adapted Screenplay Oscar. That's the only way that I'm going to be like, okay, fine, Academy, do that. Yeah, I mean, they'll get something, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. But yeah, movie number eight, Vice. Vice. Oh, this movie was not my favorite. Not my favorite. I could barely get through it. Yeah, it was uh, my least favorite of all the movies on this list. Hmm. Um, yeah, because my parents actually ended up watching Vice not too long after I did. And I said at first, I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll uh, come and I'll watch it with you guys. But then I just thought about the first few minutes of the movie and I was just like... I can't do this. I'm sorry. You guys have a good time. I'm not going to go see it again. And it's just like, I feel like you have better thoughts on this movie than I. I'm going to let you talk first. But I just, I wasn't a fan of it. I just, I really just wasn't a fan of it either. And I don't know. I just felt like the movie was annoying. I was annoyed by it. The editing really bothered me. I thought the weird title cards and like the the credits, like the fake credits in the middle of the movie were just really strange, and I think above all, just what was very off-putting to me was that I felt like during the first five minutes of the film, I really knew like what the filmmaker's personal opinion was mm-hmm. about the political situation, and that was just something that me personally, I just didn't appreciate, and it kind of really turned me off for the rest of the film. Yeah, like me too, and I understand that Adam McKay probably does share these views where, he, you know, he didn't like Dick Cheney. He didn't like George W. Bush. That's fine. But if you see that movie, and first of all, Sam Rockwell, he's a great actor, but I can't believe he got nominated over Timothy Chalamet for Beautiful Boy for mm, Best Supporting yeah, Actor. Yeah, yeah. But Sam Rockwell, they just, literally what he's doing through most of the movie is just pretending to be drunks. Eat, eating, eating chicken. Eating chicken and eating M&Ms. And I'm just sitting there saying, like, Adam McKay, I understand. He's... George W. Bush was not this stupid, though. Right. Like yeah. He was the president of the United States. <laughs> For eight years. Yeah. I'm not going to defend a lot of his actions. I'm just saying, though, they essentially made him look like an out-of-the-woods hillbilly. Yeah, I'm he sure wasn't. he didn't just sit around eating chicken and M&Ms for his hmm. eight-year eight presidency. I don't know. I don't know. It just, it just felt like a bunch of celebrity impersonations to me. I thought the casting was... Strange. Yeah. I think you have to be really careful where you put Steve Carell. Well, I mean, he has one of those faces where I always know it's Steve Carell. I feel like he was able to kind of blend in with this movie, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, I mean, like, he certainly fit what they were going for. Yeah. With the, with the vision, I, I can see why they cast Steve Carell. I mean, I feel like you do have to be careful where you put Steve Carell, but I think we may have said this in previous episodes. I feel bad for Steve Carell because... 
Like, I, for example, saw a beautiful boy, and there's one scene where he's getting so mad at Timothy Chalamet, who's his son, and he's yelling at him, you're the only one who could stop doing drugs. But he sounds like Michael Scott from yeah. The Office. Yeah. And I was literally just sitting there like, oh, I just see Michael Scott. It's not his fault. No, it's it isn't. Just, no. But um, with Vice, I do feel like he did play the role well. Yeah. But I, I would agree, yeah, you do have to be careful where you put him. And another thing that as far as Vice is um I didn't even like some of the storytelling aspects. Like I didn't no. I didn't like what they did with the narrator. Um Jesse Plemons who's it was he, weird. Yeah, he's a great actor, but like yeah, I like at the beginning of the movie he's like, uh yeah, as far as me and Dick Cheney, we're kind of related, but we'll get to that later. So I'm expecting it to be like, I don't know, his nephew or like his second cousin or something. And then it turns out He's a guy who gets hit by a car. Spoilers, sorry. <laughs> and um, he, his heart ends up going to Dick Cheney, which was all fictionalized because the Cheney family doesn't even know whose heart Dick Cheney got. So, like, I just felt it was a really weird storytelling tactic. Agreed. Uh, I don't know, and I was, I wasn't a fan of it. Yeah, I, I just didn't, I just didn't enjoy watching it. But you know, all opinions expressed in this show are strictly our own. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to agree; that's fine. I will say that for the audience score, Vice is in the rotten. I think it's at like fifty-four percent. Okay, yeah. Not our opinion; just everyone's opinion combined. So. Moving on, our last movie is Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, I forgot about Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought that was all the films, but there's still Bohemian Rhapsody. Enjoyable. I mean, I'm not a biopic person. I've said this before. You know where I stand on that. I would just rather a documentary. I would too. You know, why would I want to see a recreation of the real thing when I can hear from people who were actually there? Obviously, I know Freddie Mercury himself has has passed on, but hey, they did it with Amy Winehouse, Mm -hmm. and they did it flawlessly. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I will say, I do think uh, Rami Malek um, is going to win the Best Actor Award. Uh-huh. Uh, I would, I'd like to see him win the Best Actor Award. I mean, I'd like to see other people on that list win it as well, but I feel like they are going to give it to him this year. Probably. I don't know. But um, I do feel like he did a good job, and I, didn't, I haven't watched too many Freddie Mercury interviews, but it was a movie where, not a bad movie, but what I will say about the movie is... It did really remind me how talented the band of Queen was yeah. and how many songs they wrote. Because they played a lot of the music in the movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, Queen wrote that. So Right, right. Yeah, it was definitely a fun watch. Yeah. Yeah, I really didn't have too many issues with it. I liked it. Yeah, like I probably wouldn't, you know, personally turn it on again anytime soon. But it was, it was a fine movie. I'm glad I saw it. And uh, the ending scene with the uh, concert was very good. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I was definitely invested in that. I thought it was, I thought a cool thing was when they put all the um, uh, critic reviews, like they flashed those up on the screen to kind of capture what people thought about um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Then the audiences, that was like juxtaposed with the audiences just like absolutely loving it, Um, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and something that I've realized the other day and I need to kind of Google is um, towards the end of the movie, they play one of the songs they play on stage is called Radio Gaga, which is a very great song I've heard before. I heard it in uh, Grand Theft Auto V. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking, they kind of made up all these weird little words. So I wonder if Lady Gaga got her name from Radio Gaga. That's a good question. I mean, that is a ridiculous stage name. But I, I mean, Lady Gaga's a genius. Let's be real. She had to get the name from somewhere. And Queen, they were also geniuses. True. So. And they, yeah. 
I, I don't want to assume because I'm nothing to back this up, but I do feel like there might be a connection there. I feel like, I feel like she may have been inspired because I feel like that may have been a song that played and she may have listened to while growing up. I think she'd be in about that age range. I don't know how old she is, but. Well, yeah, if so. we do some recon and we find out that you are in fact correct, I will get you a milkshake. Ooh. Flavor of your choice. Ooh. So what are your big plans for Oscar night this Sunday? Uh, I will probably sit on my couch alone and watch it. What are your plans? I hope uh, they're more fulfilling than mine. <laughs> no, I mean, that's pretty much it. I'm probably going to do that with a friend, though. I have a friend coming over, and I think we're going to bake some Oscar cookies. I got an Oscar-shaped cookie cutter. Pretty proud of myself. So make some Oscar cookies. Maybe pop some popcorn and, yeah, enjoy the evening. Nominees list, but we have time. We do have time. Now there's going to be that like post Oscar slump where there's like no good movies. So then we'll have time to catch up on all the ones mm -hmm. um, that we didn't see. Ooh, okay, we should play a game because this is the end of our Oscars episode. The question is I feel like it's more of always like a question than like a game, but like whatever. Yeah, questions can be games. Sure. Okay. I feel like a lot of. <laughs> I feel like whenever I come up with a, with a conversation game, they're always like food related, but for some reason, those are the most fun. So, okay, you're sitting on your couch watching the Oscars. What's your like ideal Oscar party food spread? Hmm. Like if you could have anything you want for you and your party guests to munch on during the Oscars, what have you got? Hmm. Well... I would definitely have some nice buttery popcorn. Yes, to throw, to eat. Mm -hmm. um, I would also probably have some chips and dip. Of course. Because you got you got to love chips and dip. I feel like I'd also have some sort of like boneless chicken wing, like, you know, buffalo wings or like honey barbecue, something like that. Then probably some finger sandwiches, I think, because I think that will keep people nice and fed. Some nice cold drinks and... Uh, that's, that's about what I can think Sounds of. Sounds great. What about you? I think, okay, obviously I would have the popcorn again to throw and to eat. Mm -hmm. um, you know what? I think what would be awesome is just a very large platter of um, dino nugs and various dipping sauces for people to eat as they please. Mm. So people will be munching on that. And um, yeah, we definitely have some chips and dip or like some queso salsa thing going on. And then, oh, obviously, we'd have the Oscar cookies. And maybe for, like, a real dessert, we'd have some brownie sundaes to celebrate the wins. Mm. That sounds like a very good spread. It does. Well, to all our listeners, um, this was really fun. And I hope that you have an awesome Oscars night on Sunday. I hope you enjoy it. Um, yeah, again, drop us a line if you want to let us know your thoughts. And we will see you next time. <laughs>